your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 432 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And there's no Sens game tonight or Thursday or Saturday. The NHL finally announced that the league has postponed the next three games in order to contain this coronavirus outbreak that has 10 players and an associate coach in protocol. We'll give you all the details and what the fallout means going forward. It could even affect the Olympics. So we'll touch on all that. Then we'll turn our attention to Marion Hosa, the Sens' first ever drafted player to be inducted into hockey's Holy Hall of Fame. So we'll touch on what his career meant and what would be different had that Hosa for Heatley trade never Happened. Speaking of players moving into the next phase of life, Dion Phaneuf has also announced his retirement from hockey. So we'll recap what he brought to the Senators from that trade in 2016 and the magical run of 2017. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, November 16th, and Pilsy, we went 310 days without Sens hockey, so seven, seven days, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I think we're going to make it here, Ross, but I will be honest, I was obviously the safety and health of uh, NHL players, coaches, staff, everyone is the utmost importance, of course, but I was a little disappointed the games got canceled because... I was having a fun time watching these players get their opportunities like Igor Sokolov, like uh, Lassie Thompson, like Jacob Bernard Docker, all these guys. It was nice and refreshing to finally see the Senators forced to play these guys in the NHL uh, instead of their other defensemen and uh, other roster players. So it it was at least intriguing, but... Yeah, once the list hit 10 players and then not including an associate coach and Jack Capuano... I think it was pretty clear that everyone was clamoring for games to be postponed, not only for competitive reasons, obviously, but every day a new player or more was being added to this list. And it was like, okay, like when is enough enough? Like where, where is the line here? And I think at 10 players and an associate coach, that is for sure the line. If you're watching on YouTube, you can always subscribe there and see the show. I put up the COVID list right now and I put the date in which each player went on the list and for me the magical name here is Victor Mete because at that point it had been three consecutive days where a different player had been on and four of the last five days because Austin Watson was the first to join the COVID protocol list on November 5th so it took 10 days for them to postpone it. But in half that amount of time, you knew there was something going on. When multiple players on the 7th, multiple players on the 8th, then Mete, and on that day where Mete joined the list, they were in Boston. 
And I think at that point, the NHL kind of knew something was wrong, but they were already in transit to play that game. They end up playing. Formanton gets in a fight. I was telling uh, the guys on Locked on NHL, like, we know that Formanton lives with Mete. So what were the parameters of allowing Formanton to still play? And then he gets on the list the next day. And Josh Brown has to drive back from Boston. He can't even be around the team there. So it really just disintegrated into a debacle, as we like to say on this show. Right, Pilsy? So it, uh, it certainly reached a point where even the NHL, and we'll get into what the fallout of this could mean going forward. We don't know when these games could be rescheduled. Take a look at the Senators' schedule through March, April. It is every other day. Yep. There is barely a single time. There's one three-day stretch in March. And you look at it, and then they play the at the Islanders. So I, I was kind of looking like, oh, they could probably play that at Devils game there. I look at the Devils schedule. They have a back-to-back the two days <laughs> before, and they play on the Saturday. So it's really just going to be a tough task to try to get it in there. Pilsy, do you believe that it's going to be in February, either at the very start or the very end of the Olympic break? Well, before I get off a uh, tangent here, this could affect the Olympics. So we'll get into that after, but I think, yeah, you're probably looking at February is the most ideal time to make those games up. And, you know, I I'm trying to, we'll try to put a positive spin on this Ross, either. It's, it's nice to have extra games later on because <laughs> I don't think this is going to happen, but if the Sens were able to win a whole bunch of games and be in a competitive spot for a playoff push, it's nice to have a couple extra games in your pocket to make up that ground. Oh, On the flip yeah. side, let's say the Senators are going in the other direction and uh, you're going for a high draft pick. Then you've got a couple extra games to uh, maybe lose some points and uh, fall back in the standings a little more. So it's uh, it's exciting at least that there's going to be more games uh, near the end of the season here. But yeah, I think we need to talk about the Olympic um, kind of connection here because in Frank Valley's article with Daily Faceoff, he talked about how the NHL, basically, a clause can be kind of activated if any, even one game is postponed due to COVID, and now three games have been postponed. That creates, opens up a clause, from my understanding, that allows them to possibly pull out of the Olympics here. So it would be very, very disappointing if this was the reason why NHL players did not go back to the Olympics, because... It might not seem that long, Ross, but it's been eight years since NHL players played at the Olympics. Like, that is wild to think about. Yes, and they have until January 5th to make that decision whether or not they're going to go. Frankly, Pilsy, if they don't go based on three games being postponed, they were never going to go anyways. It just would be such a cop-out move because they'll be able to reschedule these games. And I'm going to pull up Ottawa's March and April schedules here. We can look at it. Of course, the NHL has not announced at all about where, when these games, sorry, um, will be rescheduled. We'll figure that out in due time, I'm sure. But the main thing here for the Olympics and the irony that it's the Senators that could mess up the Olympics after many fans think that in 2006, if the Olympics hadn't been a thing of participation, there might be a banner hanging at the CTC when Dominic Hasek got injured. You know what that well. It's jerseys oh, yeah. hanging right behind you, Pills. But um, now you're looking at a situation here where the clause is activated, and now it's up to the National Hockey League to decide what's next. Not only for the Senators, who are scheduled to be back in action 
at Colorado next Monday. So six full days off, get everything under control. There was that article. I don't know who to credit for it. I, I forget who wrote, but said that there's no evidence of multiple exposures, that all of these cases are from the same initial exposure. Huh. I mean, that's interesting to, to note. Um, I'm not sure how that changes or affects anything. I mean, the fact of the matter is these players are on the COVID protocol list, regardless of how they contracted it or uh, what the situation is. But also, Ross, something to remember, too, is we're talking about how are they going to reschedule these games in February, March, April, whatever. Let's not forget, last year, there was regular season games being played during the playoffs. <laughs> so right. that is also an option here, especially if Ottawa is out of the playoff race and the teams that uh, they will be playing. Well, wait, that's going to be New Jersey, New Nashville. York, and Nashville. So of those three teams, I could see a scenario where none of those three teams make the playoffs. So maybe those games are made up during the playoffs after the regular season, similar to what we saw with Calgary, Vancouver. I'm not sure. That's just something to keep in mind that the NHL is willing to do whatever it needs to do to properly fill in the schedule. And I'm sure it's, it's much more than a, than a spirit of the game thing. Everybody's got to play uh, the same amount of games. It's much more to do with advertisers and contracts and TV deals. Right. So they're going to, where there's a will, there's a way because the NHL needs to make their dollars and they need to uh, fulfill their contractual agreements. And gate revenue as well. Very yep, important. Uh, yep. These are two home games for the Ottawa Senators uh, against Nashville and against the New York Rangers was supposed to be Thursday and Saturday. The game tonight that's postponed would have been at New Jersey. So that's the latest. You can follow us on Twitter at Send Central. We'll let you know when those games are rescheduled, what's going to happen with the health of these guys. You know, they were symptoms shown of each and every one of these players, but seems like they're more or less on the other side of it. But with a, whatever we know we'll put out at send central on twitter but there was uh, a great ceremony last night we want to touch on the hockey hall of fame induction i know that the overshadow of marion hosa going in as the first senators drafted player is that he should have been second because alfie should have been in last year if not the year before we'll discuss what kind of case alfie has for next year at the hockey hall of fame because they took a year off and i think that could really hold as a detriment to Alfredson because guys like Yermer Yager are now eligible, right? Guys who you just know are first ballot through and through. So what does that mean for Daniel Alfredson and Marion Hosa? And then Dion Phaneuf announcing his retirement. I don't think he'll be at the Hall of Fame, although he was there last night uh, to honor his good friend Jerome McGinley. But De Dion Phaneuf, a very polarizing figure in the hockey world. But man, was he, he was a fun senator, eh, Pilsy? Lots of good hits. We'll get your takes on Dion Phaneuf right after a word from our friends at Bet Online, And we're going right to you with this, Pilsy, because you've got your parlay of the day. It's back, back, back. And if you want to fade or follow Pilsy's parlay of the day, you can go and use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Absolutely, guys. Hey, if you're able to get uh, the welcome bonus because this is your first time joining BetOnline.ag, it's a good time for you because... 
I put some money back in the account. You know, you got to bet responsibly sometimes. I was, I think the tally Ross was at 12 straight Pillsy's parlay of the days that <laughs> lost. Like when you hit that point, you need to look in the mirror and say, maybe it's time for a gamble so responsibly. That's what, that's what I'm starting this message off with. Sometimes we want you to get in on the action and get off the sidelines, but sometimes take a break, sit on that sideline, readjust. Come back stronger. That's what I've done. So Pillsy's parlay of the day is back. Let's take a look at what I've got here. The Arizona Coyotes are hot garbage. The St. Louis Blues will beat them. The question is by how much? Their money line was only minus 300, so I'm not touching that. Let's go puck line. So I'm taking St. Louis Blues puck line up against the Coyotes. And then Montreal Canadiens, also garbage, right? New York Rangers, I think, are going to pounce on them. They're both their starting goalie and backup goalie are out for the Montreal Canadiens. So I think the Rangers are going to have an easy game here. I'm taking puck line for them as well at plus 135. So you put $10 in, you're going to win $31.58. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. Like Ross said, you can fade or follow. My suggestion would be to fade. Let's see if I can get a little hot and then maybe you follow along. And then, while you're doing this, use Bet Online's money with the promo code Locked On. Get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pillsy. So we've got some fun topics this week. We're going to get into a look at each division throughout the year. That'll be later on in the week. We've got a few good guests. We're still unsure about the one from the Senators organization. I'm sure you can understand that things are a minute-by-minute basis with the ongoing Tentative is a word we've uh, really got used to lately, Ross. I like that. Tentative. Tentative. We tentatively have a fun interview as well. But no, at least two this week. Coming up a little later on, they were scheduled before the pause, but... It's really going to help out when you do a daily show that you can follow for free Monday through Friday, wherever you download your podcast or on YouTube. And we appreciate making us your first listen when you're looking for a daily dose of Senators content. So which way do you want to take it first, Pills? You want to do some Hall of Fame talk or reminisce of the career of Dion Phaneuf? Let's Let's start with the Hall of Fame. All right. So last night was the induction ceremony for Jerome McGinley, Marion Hosa. Kevin Lowe and Doug Wilson and Kim St. Pierre, goalie friendly show, one of the best goalies of the era. And let's, I mean, it's all about Marion Hosa, really. Like, credit to the other guys, great careers. And you look at Jerome McGinley, especially up and down. This guy, yeah, that's a, I don't, I don't want to discredit Jerome McGinley. No, like, but it's locked on centers. You can go listen yes. to locked on flames. I'm sure they'll be taking care of it. Or locked on Bruins, Penguins, Kings. He did one of those stars. He, oh, yeah, there you go. But that was <laughs> at the very start. He did end up playing games for the stars. No, uh, thanks to Craig Button for trading him for Joe Newendike. I guess it worked out. He got his name on the Stanley Cup because of that. And, uh, he did do a little ring chasing at the end of his career, but power to yes. him because he won absolutely everything else. World Cup, World Championships, World Juniors, gold medal at the Olympics. It was twice. the assist for Crosby's golden goal. Iggy, Iggy. Iggy. Oh, yeah. The uh, the cat call that will go on for generations for yep. sure on that play. Now, Marion Hosa, a very sensitive subject, I'll say, because if he had played his whole career in Ottawa, I think you'd be maybe embracing this a little bit longer. He plays 400 of his 1,300-ish games. With the, with the Ottawa Senators, but 
He was one of my first ever favorite players. Like I grew up across the street from the Slovakian embassy and my, one of my best friends, Libor was the, his son. So I always had an affinity with the Slovak players, right? There was Marion Hosa, there was the Dano Chera at the same time. And Hosa's come up was unbelievable because yeah. when he was drafted, he ended up only playing seven games, being sent back down. He went to the Memorial Cup and he was unbelievable with the Portland Winterhawks. He ends up tearing his ACL and MCL in that tournament. So you're like, okay, that's a tough way to start your career. No kidding. What does he do? 30 points in 60 games, second in Calder voting. He was uh, he was just a, a real treat to watch. Obviously, he made the all-rookie team as well. No surprise there. But then he just exploded after that. He goes from 15 goals to 29. Then he didn't go under 30 goals for the next seven straight years. Four in Ottawa, then the next three in Atlanta as well. He was just your, your consummate professional off the ice, but on the ice, at both ends of the ice, he could get it done. You know what uh, Pat Micheletti said about Pinto in the college game? That's yeah. what it is about about uh, Marion Hopes at the NHL level. Whether no you were up a goal or down a goal, this is a guy you want out there for the yeah. final shift of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Marion Hosa was one of those legends that growing up and uh, developing in Ottawa, he kind of built up the foundation for all those amazing years. We're getting out of their early years of really struggling as an expansion team to finally building a core and getting guys like Alfredson, Havlat, like all these kind of guys together and dominating, having a back end uh, that was actually good for once. Like Hosa was a big part of that. And his ability to score goals was incredible. Like watching the highlights of his days as an Ottawa Senator. And the thing I like most about Hosa too is his patience. Like he was always able to wait it out, like be in the high slot and maybe the puck or action isn't coming to him yet but he can read the play and tell it's going to make its way to him. And he would stay in the right spot and be there. Right spot, right time seems to happen to a lot of the guys that have high hockey IQ and that can put the puck in the back of the net when they have the opportunity. And Marion Hossa certainly was that guy. When you look at goal scoring, and that's not what Marion Hossa's game was singularly about, five of his nine highest scoring seasons were in Ottawa, Pilsy. Does that surprise you at all? It actually does because he was on amazing teams like after he left Atlanta. After he left Atlanta, he was on amazing teams with a lot of support, right? So I thought maybe those would be some boosted years for him. No, funny enough, his next highest year. So the most goals he ever scored in a season was 45, the year that Ottawa won the President's Trophy. They were a complete wagon that year. He had 80 points in 80 games. Then... If you look at a little bit further down, his second and fourth highest goal scoring seasons were in Atlanta. And uh, he scored 41 year, his only year in Detroit. And then beyond that, 36 goals in Ottawa, 32 goals in Ottawa, 31 goals in Ottawa, and 29 goals in Ottawa. He only had one 30 goal season with Chicago. But of wow. course, it was the playoff success that you remember yeah. there. But early in his career, he was an absolute star. And he's a player who, if I'm, if I'm the Senators, I'm making sure Tim Stutzel is watching his highlight videos day in and day out. He was a winger that had a oh, power yeah. in it, had a, had some power to his game as well, but mostly just hands, feet, hockey IQ, and all those things together. If if Tim Stutzel, and I know it's an easy comparison just based on number 18 with the Senators, <laughs> they, I, it goes beyond that. Left shot, great release. 
If I'm the Senators, though, I want him to model the, his game after host. So, like, just what he brought at both ends of the ice, it just makes you as a coach want to put him out there even more. So, an absolute star and uh, a well-deserved honor as Ottawa's 12th overall pick from the 1997 draft becomes their first ever drafted player into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Really impressive stuff. And you look at that first round, I just pulled it up and, Oh boy, in a redraft, does Hosa go third overall or fourth? I think that's the only question. Do you have that with you? I don't I don't know that draft off the top of my head. What? You don't know the 1997 <laughs> draft? What yeah. the heck? Whoops, I must have missed that in the show notes. If um, I if I told you that the first overall pick was still playing, would you know? What what year was this draft again? N- 1997. And by the way, while you're while you're thinking, if you saw Zidane O'Chara beat up yeah. Pat Maroon last night, Zidane O'Chara is a year older than, than Marion Hossa, who's in wild. the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe Thornton? Correct. I yeah, I was gonna say it. that's the only that's the only guy who, who's even uh close to being drafted that long ago. So where where do you put Hossa here? Joe Thornton. Patrick Marlowe, Ole Jokinen, Roberto Luongo are really the only names that have a chance. And I would say that Ole Jokinen does not. So um, between Roberto Luongo, Patrick Marlowe, and Joe Thornton. I think probably right after Joe and... Maybe Luongo jumps up. Maybe Luongo bumps him and then he's right after Luongo. So I would go Joe Thornton, Luongo, Hosa, Marlowe. What happens if the Senators never make that trade for Danny Heatley? I mean, that's a great question because normally when you pose that question, it's usually an obvious answer, right? Like, uh, oh, this team would be amazing. He would still be playing. Like, they would have won so many more playoff series. But that overall was a very good trade for both teams. And, I mean, anytime you get a a guy who scores 50 goals in back-to-back seasons, you can't really complain about that. But... Then you start looking at the longevity and maybe Hosa doesn't demand a trade after signing a long contract and getting paid a big bonus. Hosa never asked for a trade. No, I'm, I know oh, that. Heatley. That's what I'm Heatley. saying. Heatley did, right? Yeah. Like maybe that doesn't happen and you get to keep that player. Although both of us are fans of Milan McCulloch, so I'm not totally against what happened there. But I mean, if you could keep Hosa in Ottawa his entire career, now, wow. now Hosa played 150 more games than Danny Heatley, but don't you find it interesting that they're, they're one spot apart in the Senators' all-time points list? That's very interesting, yeah. Hosa's seventh, he had 390 points, and Heatley had 362. But <laughs> Heatley only had eight less goals in 150 less games. Yeah. Just, what he brought was the pizza line, and you like, don't get the pizza line without him. Yeah, even even if you insert Hosa there instead, it's not it's not the same. It's really not because Heatley was I mean, he was Danny Heatley. He was an all-star, but <laughs> all he could do was score goals. That's it. Like yeah. whereas Hosa, we're talking about his two-way game and he has other aspects to his game. But on that pizza line, Danny Heatley didn't have to do anything else but score goals. That's what yeah. he was there for. That's what he was doing well. So you can't really complain there, but definitely a um franchise altering trade for both teams you want to hear something absolutely wild danny heatley more shorthanded goals in ottawa than marion hosa (laughs) 
I never would have guessed Danny Heatley had a single shorthanded goal. Five. That is wild. Five shorties for Danny Heatley. But, yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, topic I think we could talk about for, for hours because Heatley obviously may be one-dimensional, but that dimension was... Yeah, when you're one of the top players in that dimension and that dimension is scoring goals, to, which is how you win hockey games, that's pretty good. And Hosa, his centerman in Ottawa, for the most part, was Radic Bonk, like a yep. big, powerful centerman. And they had that Czechoslovakian chemistry, right? And what they brought was special. But I think that Heatley's game just complimented Spezza so well. And Spezza was on this up-and-coming uh, trajectory in his career. So I don't think you could go lose either situation. I don't but think so. The, both these guys are hell of a player, although Danny Heatley, all-star, not Hall of Famer. <laughs> Definitely doesn't have the <laughs> longevity great. for that. Now, quickly, no, we'll save this for the other side of the break, but Daniel Alfredson, how overdue is it for him? From to one be... Daniel to another. It's too bad we didn't have direct TV stream back then because I think mm. Alfredson was pigeonholed because he wasn't always on national TV and the anti-Toronto bias and all this and that. So if you are having trouble watching everything you want, Go get DirecTV. Stream. Because does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. It's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Pillsy, we got to get in to Daniel Alfredson's continued Hall of Fame snub and why it might even continue a little bit longer. So he's now gone three straight years without getting in. This is a guy who, at the best of times, was a top player in the National Hockey League and at the worst of times was a top player in the National Hockey League. The consistency is what separates Daniel Alfredson. If you open the top scores from when he entered the league till he left the league, there's four guys with more points than him. Four guys, Pilsy. And all four of them belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing, too, with Daniel Alfredson is he wasn't like – he was never the second or third guy. You know what I mean? Like ever since he was in Ottawa, he was the guy. And we talk about Hosa being a big part of that team growing from being a crappy expansion team to a playoff successful team. Daniel Alfredson was like, he's the Batman in this situation, right? Everyone else is the sidekicks. Like he was the leader of this team. He was a big part of the community. We talked about, um, uh, one of our Sen Central citizens, their grandma, had a very yeah, big connection. That was connection. Luke Skinner. That was last Luke week. Skinner, sorry. I was uh, blanking on his name there. Yeah, his grandma had a great story. Go back and listen to that. Um, he Daniel Alfredson is the one who brought light to the uh, one-eyed Frank McGee story for yes. Remembrance Day. Like, 
I mean, there's so many things we probably don't even know that Daniel Albertson did in the community because he wasn't one of those guys that would call the media over to have them take pictures and write an article every time he did a good thing. He was still sailor. had to beg to go over for Halloween. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's another good story. You got to listen to on this podcast, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like character is when you do the right thing, even when no one's watching. And I'm convinced Daniel Alfredson was one of those guys. And that's why he was so successful on and off the ice. So without Daniel Alfredson, who knows where this Ottawa Senators team is today because he just meant so much to this franchise. In his 18-year NHL career, he made the playoffs 15 times. This guy was the yeah. ultimate warrior, the ultimate competitor. And during the time span of his career, he was 15th in playoff scoring despite never winning the Stanley Cup. He led the entire 07 playoffs in scoring while well, it was his entire line. And yeah. he was the heartbeat of that line scored the biggest goal in franchise history in Buffalo on that Sunday afternoon in game five that sent Ottawa to the Stanley cup final. And I want to go back to the all time points is 1157 points from 95 through 2014. The only guys who had more points, I said it was four. It's Yermer Yager first ballot hall of fame, Timu Solani hall of famer, Joe Thornton still playing hall of famer and Jerome McGinley just put in the hall of fame. Last night. Like, I, I don't know how much more you need. And to all the people who say he doesn't have a cup, well, to lead your country in scoring on the way to a gold medal, I think that's got to play. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, obviously, Stanley Cups are important. That is, that's what you play in the NHL for, is to but win it's the right, Stanley Cup. Right place at the right time. Not calling out Kevin Lowe, but I'm calling out Kevin Lowe. This guy has five Stanley Cups. When you play with Gretzky, it's pretty nice. And then he was on that 94 Rangers team as well. I don't think he ever had more than 30 points playing in that era. Like, it's just tough when you see the old boys club all get together. And all people in Toronto remember is the playoff failures against the Toronto Maple Leafs and him mocking Sundin, throwing the stick up, uh, or fake throwing the stick up after Sundin actually did it earlier on. So I think what Leaf fans need to understand is that Sundin's best years were as a Quebec Nordique, statistically. I mean, that's just a fact. So them saying, oh, he's got nothing on Sundin. Hit, look at the numbers of Sundin and Toronto. Sundin doesn't have a cup either. Sundin doesn't have anything close <laughs> to cup. Hey, so. thanks to Alfie leading, the, leading Sweden in scoring, he's got himself a gold medal at least. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, it sucks. I mean, the, the writing's on the wall. Like, if, if Daniel Offerton isn't in the Hall of Fame within the next couple of years, then there's obviously just a bias, like, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just, he was a senator. He didn't win a cup. And all us Toronto fans and media saw him lose in the playoffs, like you said. So that's all there is to say. Like, I think we we pretty much wrapped it up that. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's his fifth year of eligibility. I think I said he's missed out three times. So uh, it was his fourth story. He's coming up to his fifth year of eligibility. And the newcomers he's going to have to go head to head against. The Sedin twins, and I talked about on yesterday's show, there is not a world where the Sedin twins, and I assume if they get in, they'll get in together, which seems, I guess, whatever. I mean, they've done everything together. They probably still sleep in bunk beds. Carolyn Ouellette is another another lady who's had an unbelievable uh, career. She's one of the most decorated hockey players of all time. Get this, Pilsy. Carolyn Ouellette won four Olympic gold medals, six world championship gold medals, Four Clarkson Cups, it's, uh, which is a university, and an NCAA championships. She's the CWHL's all-time leading scorer 
and sits first in NWHL history with two points per game in 81 contests. So Carolyn, I think Ouellette, she might make it. She's a very strong candidate. And then Roberto Luongo, first ballot, I think, as well. But it's going to be because there's other deserving guys. Like you look at uh, Alexander McGillney, always comes to mind as yeah. a guy who should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like Pierre Turgeon, who has more points than anyone who is inducted this year. Like how's how's he still? Sitting on the outside, this guy's thirteen hundred and twenty-seven points, Pilsy, in twelve hundred and ninety-four games. Uh, seems like he's been snubbed over time as well. Uh, another name that's on this list I found interesting. Could Ottawa have its third player in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but not Daniel Alfredson? Sergey Gonchar is an interesting case, and Ottawa saw him at the end of his career, but hmm. he, he ranks sixteenth in points among defensemen all time. Wow! Yeah, damn. Sec- second most points by a defenseman who are not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I didn't fully realize that. So that's not crazy. And man, talk about running a power play. Sergey Gonchar was oh. a legend at that. So yep. St- good Stanley happen. Stanley Cup in 08 with the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. Never won yep. a Norris Trophy, but he did finish top five in Norris voting five times. Wow, holy, so, yeah, that's Always incredible. among the best, always among the best. To me, next year's class should be Roberto Luongo, Carolyn yeah, Ouellette. No, Yager's the year after. I, I, miss, oh, I messed that okay. up. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Luongo, Ouellette, Alfredson, and Alexander McGillney. That would be my next year's class. Get Brian Murray in there too, come on. As a builder, of course. Brian Murray, absolutely deserving to be in there. Some other like interesting candidates just quickly before uh, we move on. And what, what, what do you think about Patrick Eliash? Like he was never one of the most dominant players at any time. Like his points per game is well under one, but he was the best forward on two Stanley cup teams. And when you're playing in the late nineties, early two thousands, New Jersey devils points, wasn't going to get you known as, as being the best player of the best team. Yeah, Lou, Lou wasn't, uh, he wasn't looking for points. Let's just say that, Lou Lamorello at that time. And that's the thing too, like Patrick Eliash was the guy for New Jersey. Like he, other than Brodeur, obviously, obviously. But like, as far as uh, skaters go, he was Forward, the guy that... Scott, their decor had a few guys. You know, Scott guys. Stevens, yeah. Scott yeah, Niedermeyer. Scott Niedermeyer, yeah. But, but like quietly, he was the one that was really bringing this team up into the ranks of being... Yeah, not just a Mickey Mouse franchise like Wayne Gretzky called them, but a Stanley Cup team and a dynasty. Like they were a dynasty in those years. So Eliash, I'm not. I haven't looked at his point totals, and I don't. I'll, I'd be lying if I said I knew his career I very have well. It but up right here, he's got a thousand and twenty-five points in twelve hundred and forty games. And but how many playoff games did that guy play? Like mm. he, it's got to be similar to Alfie, right? Where he only missed the playoffs maybe a couple times in his career. If that, I mean, towards the end, towards the end, yeah, towards the end, maybe a little bit more. Uh, pulling it up right now, bang, bang, bang. Um, he had 162 playoff games, but to put that in perspective, host is over 200. Yeah, yeah, but when you go to this, when you just keep flipping from Stanley Cup final team to Stanley Cup final team, that'll happen. Interestingly enough, his first time, his last time in the playoffs, Eliash was in 2012 when they made that surprise run. 
to the Stanley Cup final. Certainly not the same player he was during those two Stanley Cup runs, where in the first Stanley Cup run, 20 points in 23 games. Anyways, I, I don't think that he's quite there. Obviously, I would have Alfredson and many other guys in before. So once we get to the time of year where the voting happens for next, you can be sure that Locked On Senators will be your very biased <laughs> Ottawa Senators boosters to get Daniel Alfredson and Brian Murray into their rightful spot in the hockey Hall of Fame. I mentioned it's not that Dion Phaneuf will ever be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, although he was there last night. Jerome McGinley, he had great chemistry at the start of uh, Dion's career in Calgary. Dion's career took him from Calgary to Toronto. Tough move for him at a time when the Leafs were in their truculence years, where yes. they thought that they could just beat everybody up on their way to the playoffs. Certainly was not the case. It was a pretty failed tenure there as captain. He took a lot of heat, salute gate, and so many other things. And then, I don't want to call it a blockbuster trade, but more so, you better do your reading because it was, what, a, how many players? It was like 11-player trade? It was a lot, yeah. I remember the day it came out, and uh, just I was blown away, honestly, that the Sens were trading for the Leafs captain. Like that was, that was kind of the start of a lot of trades between the Ottawa Senators and Toronto Maple Leafs, and big ones, too. Like there's, there's been some big trades that have happened between these two organizations since. Nine-player trade going on February 9th, 2016. Now, the two off-seasons prior, Ottawa signed Clark MacArthur as a free agent out of Toronto. And the first hint that we got that Dion Phaneuf was coming to Ottawa was there was a tweet from Darren Dreger saying that in recent days, um, Brian Murray has been talking to the Senators' vets about what it would mean to bring in Dion Phaneuf. He wanted to make sure that Carlson... That, yep. that all these guys were on board because Dion's a personality. I think it was the story where he got to Toronto and he went in, just turned off the music right away and put on his own. He's just like, <laughs> no, like this is my room. He's <laughs> um, just, man, I went to, it was actually, unfortunately, the uh, training camp session where Clark MacArthur's career was was ultimately um, derailed from that hit from, from Patrick Seeloff. And you could just see, like, he was on Chris Weidman every single time wanting them to snap it perfectly and he was just such a vocal leader and i'm sure math will talk about it more on, on his show because what he brought i think goes well beyond what you saw and what you saw was uh, maybe a lack of foot speed especially at the mm-hmm. second half of his career but pills he still had a few signature moments in ottawa yeah i i've said it uh, we've talked about this a lot of times especially with send central citizens like what's your favorite playoff round ever by the sense and Mine is a series up against Boston. I'll never forget that Dion Phaneuf overtime winning goal where he jumps in the air. Like, I don't, that's burned into my brain as my top Dion Phaneuf moment. It's one of my top Ottawa Senators moments of all time. So, like, for him to be a part of that and to be that guy and to, that classic Selly was a big deal. And, you know, I think definitely when he was in Toronto, expectations, the C, the contract, it was all too much for him. He's He wasn't that player. And... When he came to Ottawa, the expectations were lowered and he was put into a better role to succeed, less scrutiny, less pressure. And I thought he fulfilled his role with the Ottawa Senators. Now, they had to move on from him and move him to L.A. Uh, eventually. And that brought Marion Gabrick over, which was another wild, wild happening. But I think Dion Phaneuf as an Ottawa Senator, I, w- I would argue most Sens fans were happy with him and uh, would tip their cap to him retiring. Fun fact, Dion Phaneuf played 
what, three years in Ottawa? Two years. Two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. In, in Ottawa, he played seven years in Toronto, and he had one playoff goal with both teams. And obviously that, <laughs> that Ottawa won. Huge goal in an amazing yeah. game. That was the game where Carl and Broussard had their beef when Andy went out to play the puck. There's some confusion there. They yell on the bench, and then uh, Carl finds Brass back door for a tap-in, a comeback game, and it was punctuated by that Dion Phaneuf blast from the point. And then in the Pittsburgh series, Keep your head up when Dion's out there. Both Jake Gensel and Brian Rust will tell you that. I'm going to put out a little video at Send Central uh, with a few of his best moments with the Ottawa Senators. But congratulations on a great career. Dion Phaneuf, who was acquired with Matt Fratton, Casey Bailey, Ryan Rupert, and Cody Donahue huh? on February 9th in exchange for Milan McCulloch, Colin Greening, Jared Cowan, Tobias Lindbergh and a second round pick. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? So what a trade. And at the time, maybe you think that it's not going to make a huge impact. Like what are you doing trading for Dion Phaneuf at that stage in his career? He's already 30 years old. Many thought he was on like the worst contract in hockey, but credit to him, man. He lived up to it. And I'll always look back fondly at the Dion Phaneuf years. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Dion, uh, he was a great Ottawa Senator in the short time he was here. All right, Pilsy, I wish we could say that we had a game to preview, but yep. we do not today. So how are we going to spend the rest of this week on the show? Well, we do have good interviews coming up tomorrow, so definitely that'll fill some time. And that, <laughs> I don't know, we're going to have to find something here. We always figure out a way, and uh, usually we end up going longer than we think we would. So I'm not too worried we're going to find uh, something to fill our time here. There is never a dull moment in Sensland. I think our on-ice to off-ice coverage is probably about 60-40 off-ice. So <laughs> yeah, even more tuned. probably, yeah. What what do we have up our sleeves later this week? But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Sense Central and subscribe on YouTube. Give them a little thumbs up. The, uh, there's going to be a little end card here. You can hit subscribe. It does go a long way. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.